What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Legit Cool, where I, my name is River, I, I, <laughs> what the hell is I, I, uh, where I, my name is River, and this is my podcast, Legit Cool, where I recap, review, and talk about movies. Why do I do this? Is because I, I guess I kind of always been wanting to do a podcast, I just re- wasn't really sure the type of podcast and I've had so many friends that have told me in the last God knows how long, 10 years or so, asking me, maybe not asking me, but just telling me <laughs> that I should be doing a podcast about movies because all I do is just talk about movies within its given context, of course. I don't just randomly talk about movies to people when the when the conversation arises about certain movies i just go on and on and on about the details of what i liked what i disliked about a certain movie anyway now that that long-winded introduction has gone out of the way it's not even my proper introduction i don't even know what i'm trying to do there (laughs) um but uh now i'm here doing this podcast is my third episode and today's episode is going to be on a movie that just came out, I believe, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, about two or three weeks ago. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, the movie. What's the name of the movie, River? <laughs> the movie is The Power of the Dog. And um, funny thing is, you know, I came across this movie because I, I wanted to look up what Benedict Cumberpatch has been up to lately. Haven't seen a movie from him for a while, you know. Um, apart from the most obvious role that he'd been so famously been casted for, which is Doctor Strange and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, I can't really remember the last movie that he was in that was like a memorable performance. Um, aside from Doctor Strange, I'd say his most memorable performance prior to that would have been. Uh, the intimidation not intimidation game the imitation game where he plays a real life character uh alan turing that was an incredible role that he played and his performance was stella stella so yeah i I think i just like wanted to search what he's been up to because i know he does he likes to do a lot of small movies he doesn't like to just do big blockbuster movies it's not really what he was known for in the beginning um he likes to do small movies as well. And so uh, I'd seen that he just finished filming, not just finished filming, but a, a movie had just come out where he's the um, the main star in the movie, The Power of the Dog. Okay. And, um, but honestly, by the end of it, I kind of wished I just waited until Netflix because <laughs> I see that it's coming out December 1st on Netflix, which is a bummer. Um, Anyway, uh, if you are new to this podcast, which I think every single person that's listening right now is pretty new to this podcast because it's only the third episode. If you are new to this episode, let me explain how these episodes run. So they currently they're sort of trending uh, to be about shy of an hour per episode because I have a lot to say about it, about each movie. Um, the shortest review so far was episode two of the previous one, which was 007. Uh, but I do sort of want to cap these review episodes up to about an hour. 
um, nonetheless, you know, I, I'm on a roll and I, and I keep talking more and more and more. And there's, there's a lot of great things that I want to say about it um, uh, or a lot of bad things. But it's, it's usually in the way of um, an episode being long because I've got lots and lots of good things to say about it. Um, yeah, so each episode is sort of a max of about an hour or so. Um, I do an introduction. Uh, I then go into some movie facts. Who is the cast? Who is the crew? What kind of ratings is it currently got from critics? I explain what the plot is. And then I get into a sort of three-act breakdown. And the three-act ba- uh, breakdown is just me taking my uh, the ideas of a movie, uh, how a classic movie structure is, which is three acts, act one, act two, act three. Um, so this is, so act one is my first impressions, what I thought was good, what I thought was bad. And then act two is when I get into spoiler territory. And I'll give you a, a big warning about um, when I'm going to kick into spoilers. So that's when I dig deep in the trenches of the movie, go into full detail, pick out every strand of the movie, um, think about how this movie could have be written, rewritten possibly or redirected, things they could have done better, right, right, right. Yeah, I basically just throw the whole kitchen sink at the movie. And then the last part is the conclusion and my personal rating and whether I would recommend it or not recommend it. But I'll also give you a recommendation on what format you should watch it on. Uh, And then I close off the show. That's basically how this podcast is going so far. And I enjoy it. And it's great. It's fun. I nerd out a lot about movies. And don't worry if you're going to get sick or sick of or get bored about hearing hearing my voice all the time i am going to invite some of my friends who are also movie nerds onto the show so we can have a dialogue about the movie it makes it a little bit more interesting it spices up the channel a bit more and i know it can get a little bit dry having to listen to one monotonous voice every single time (laughs) all right so without further ado let me get into this episode my name is river and thank you so much for tuning in all right so Sorry, I think if, if you might have heard some vibrating, that was actually my phone. I'm going to put it up to the side. Because my phone is not really important right now. <laughs> okay, so this movie, The Power of the Dog, it's actually a movie that is based on a novel called The Power of the Dog. So I'm going to actually talk, I'll explain what the story is by the movie's perspective, but also the book's perspective, which I think is actually a better perspective than the movie. <laughs> well, it's better explained at least. Um, so, this movie is about a charismatic rancher, Phil Burbank, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Huh, that's interesting. That last part, until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. I don't think that actually is in the movie. That's weird. Okay. Anyway, and um, <laughs> the synopsis, according to the book, goes like this. Phil and George are brothers. 
More than partners, joint owners of the biggest ranch in their Montana Valley. Phil is the bright one, George the pod plotter. <laughs> George the plotter. Uh, Phil is tall and angular. George is stocky and silent. Phil is brilliant is a brilliant chess player, which by the way we never even see at all. I have no idea he's a great chess player. That could have been an interesting thing to add to the character. Um, a voracious reader. Voracious? Yeah. A voracious reader, an eloquent storyteller george learns slowly and devotes himself to the business phil is a vicious sadist which i think peter the cover does a good job at with a seething contempt for weakness to match his thirst for dominance george has a gentle loving soul they sleep in the same room they shared as boys and so it has been for 40 years when george unexpectedly marries a young widow and brings her to live at the ranch phil begins a relentless campaign to destroy his brother's new wife but he reckons without an unlikely protector. From its visceral first paragraph, a little bit. Okay, cool. So that was the synopsis from the book, and the one that I said before was from IMDb, which is identical to how they explain it in Rotten Tomatoes as well. Uh, this movie is directed by Jane Campion. For those who are deep in the lore of movies and... Uh, film nerds like myself you might have heard of John, uh, jane campier i had to actually look her up and i remember seeing her movie the piano which is a movie that was filmed in new zealand new zealand the country i'm from um and i actually only know about that movie the piano because anna paquin uh, became super famous from the movie i believe she also won an oscar award for that i could be wrong someone fact check me right now I know there was a big deal about Anna Paquin starring in it as a 13 or 12 year old or something like that. And um, yeah, I remember the name became familiar to me, uh, Jane Campion, uh, Campion uh, because of that movie, The Piano. Um, yeah, not my favorite movie. Definitely not a movie that I would rewatch. And I think that The Power of the Dog is another movie that I would definitely will not rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh let, let me just tell you the the cast that's because i think the cast is great like very very talented cast um so obviously we've got benedict Cumberbatch who is playing phil one of the brothers uh we've got kirsten dunce uh who plays a very emotional and sensitive and ptsd uh ridden character well, the weird thing is that we don't really know much about her PTSD in the movie, which is part of the reason why I had problems with this movie. But I'll get into that later. Uh, Jesse Plemons is playing the other half of the brother, the uh, George Brebank. Um, Jesse Plemons is great. I really enjoy this guy. This guy's a great actor, and I think I want to see him in more movies. I always get him confused with that guy, Alden Henson. I think it's Alden Henson, the Bash brother from uh mighty ducks love mighty ducks by the way maybe i should do a retro review on mighty ducks uh, i always get him confused with that guy for some reason i thought he was one of the bash brothers but i'm clearly wrong but jesse plemons i remember seeing him in one of my favorite comedies of the last 10 years game night highly recommend it highly 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 recommend the movie game night i also might do a review a retrospective review on that movie too anyway so he's in the movie Cody Schmidt-McPhee, uh, Kenneth Radley, don't know who that is, Sean Keenan, 
George Mason, I'm not going to read the rest of the cast, but the main actors are Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Lemons, Cody Schmidt, McPhee. Now, did I like this movie? Uh, not really. <laughs> this movie is long. This movie is super long. Like, and I actually thought that the movie, so the movie is at, is actually at two hours and seven minutes. I thought this movie was three hours. Um, yeah, it's a slog fest. Uh, you get dragged in, in the dirt of the <laughs> Montana middle, um, uh, Midwest cowboy centric um, setting that these that you see on screen. I was dragged through the whole thing and I couldn't see water until the end of it. Um, didn't enjoy it. It was far too boring. And I was hoping that the movie was going to pick up a lot of pace throughout it, but it just remained pretty constant. There was nothing that there are no plot devices that kind of said, oh, this is going somewhere. Um, there was nothing to pick up the energy. Everybody was, hey, everybody was playing their part and everybody was playing whatever character scripts they were given, which is, it's, it's good. You know, the performances are good for what it's worth, but nothing really seems to happen. Weird thing is, is that this movie has been rated 92% on the tomato meter in Rotten Tomatoes. But you know what? That's not totally uh, strange because movie critics and reviewers, are, uh, like sort of the official movie critics, a lot of them can't see daylight, to be honest, because all they just see is their own ignorance to every other movie that does not like this. <laughs> um, all of these kind of quote-unquote artistic movies that are supposed to be very subtle in their storytelling and you're supposed to have there's there's some kind of sophistication around the characters and what they're going through it's very deep and very centered and i'm like oh shut up man that's that's just just rubbish man you're just talking out your own ass right now but <laughs> and i think that's why a lot of critics are giving this movie a really high rating this is like 98 reviews and 92 percent there's no audience rating yet which is surprising because this movie has been out for a week or so or two weeks so there's no audience ratings uh, but this is going to be released on netflix on december 1st that's in australia netflix by the way I'm not sure about the us netflix um yeah i didn't have a good time i found myself having to look at my watch my watch that I don't have on my wrist. Uh, I, I was looking at my phone. And you know what? I'm, I'm super serious about movies. I never, ever, ever look at my phone. But, man, I was trying to find find a way to pass time. So I had to look at my phone to see what the time was. Uh, it was. It was pretty hard to watch. And I wanted to be invested. I wanted to really care about these characters. Especially Benedict Cumberbatch's character phil burbank i wanted to really connect with him but the only thing that i really connected with was his just his talent of acting like this guy is just great at acting you give him the shit a script and he'll still be really good at acting <laughs> not saying that this movie's got the shit of script but it doesn't have the greatest script in my opinion uh, especially the way this character is written after reading what the book is about if I feel like the book like the character that's portrayed in the book 
sounds way more interesting than what we saw on screen. I mean, the fact that he's a brilliant chess player, like, why would you put that in the in the front part of the synopsis of the book if it wasn't important? Like, uh, that, that tells me that there's a lot of layers to this guy. And like, I get the impression that this Phil guy is a su super uber uber intelligent dude with a lot of layers of um, sadism and uh, uh, self-centeredness and dominance. Like, that sounds like an amazing character, but... I never really saw that in this movie. All I saw in this movie was Benedict Cumberbatch being this guy that um, wants the world to revolve around him and he wants everyone to beg to his mercy. And that's really about it. It's kind of like a two-tone character. There isn't a lot of tones other than a couple of things that he does really well. Uh, and he's menacing. Like he's he he he's good at giving playing this in, intimidation game towards everybody around him, and he wants to be the uh, center of focus. Like he does a great job at doing that, but that's all the character is. There's not a lot of layers peeled behind it. Not until you get to the end, and there's a couple more layers that is far too cryptic for me to understand. I guess I'm not bright enough to understand what the hell this character is supposed to be as you're peeling back these really ambiguous layers like i don't know i'm probably not smart enough like as smart as like all the other critics out there but to be honest it's it's just bullshit the way these guys review these these movies or these types of movies and the kind of shit that they like to say um yeah i just didn't connect to the character at all as far as the other characters go they're all they're all playing their part too i mean jesse jesse Plemon plays a great brother um, and kind of like the yin and yang for both him and Phil Burbank, but in a couple patches character. Uh, he does a good job at being the other half of the brother that's supposed to balance out the dynamics of their brotherly relationship. And it's cool. It's a little bit of levity. Um, but I wanted to see more of him in this. There's this weird part. Um... I think it's like halfway through the movie as the second act ticks over Jesse Plemons character George Burbank just disappears with no explanation doesn't come back for like another I don't know 20 maybe not 20 minutes but he probably does he doesn't come back on screen for like a good 10 minutes which seems super long when you're watching a two-hour movie and when a prominent character isn't on screen for that long, you're like, where the hell is this guy gone? There was really no explanation. And if there was, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've seen this movie already. Um, if there was an explanation to, as to where he went, like I either missed it or it's too subtle or um, they explained it when he came back, but I just I just remember a point in the movie where I was like, where the hell is George Burbank gone? <laughs> like, why is he not on screen anymore? Super weird, super weird. But yeah, he his character is kind of the passive, gentle, like how the book is explaining it. I think the book does a great job explaining the character. Um, he plays this gentle, um, uh, giving character that's got a bit of sentimentality and empathy and sympathy for the people around him. He's, he's got that caring that um, his brother Phil is missing, clearly. 
and he's good at playing those kind of roles. He plays a similar role in um, uh, Game Night, but it's a little bit more dark and sinister that role. But it's still kind of caring in a weird way. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see more of him in the in the movie, but we don't really see enough of him. Um, Kirsten Dunst's character, so so she plays the mother with a love interest uh, for George Burbank, and um, she's introduced into this movie as a character that has a lot of weight, a lot of not physical. I'm not saying she's fat. <laughs> she brings in a lot of baggage, and uh, this baggage is like this. This baggage is some kind of PTSD, emotional weight. That she's bringing to the table for us to try and grab onto whatever we're supposed to be learning about this character but the thing is we don't learn about how she even gets this baggage we don't learn about how she got ptsd we're just supposed to accept it as the as the, as the audience and just watch how that type of character is going to respond to all sorts of things that are happening in her environment and the people that she's going to be coming across there's some key moments that happen that trigger these um trigger those ptsd responses and so at that point it's it's obvious that okay she's clearly someone that's gone through some heartache in the past i wonder if we get to or i'm thinking yeah it's going to be great to learn more about her background and and give us explanations around why she's behaving the way she is but we don't. We just get given a PTSD alcoholic mum, a single mum, that is struggling to cope with the pressure of uh, bringing up a, a young, talented son. It's it's super weird because I wanted to learn more, but all, all we're given is just this one note character. So that's a bit of a shame. There's some other characters in this movie played by other actors I've never heard of. Uh, there's uh, a lady called Thomasin McKenzie who plays Lola. She Lola is like one of the housemaids of the ranch that these boys own. And there's also Francis 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 Conroy. Don't know who that is. Uh, I remember these faces, but I've never heard of these characters before. There's a guy called Adam Beach in it who's a Native American. He's in it for like a total of two minutes and it would have been great to actually have other characters that bring a different angle to the story that seems to to sort of bark a lot about the story. Actually, I, I said this in my Instagram post. Um, a lot, too much, a lot of bark, not enough bite. <laughs> or too much bark, not enough. I can't even remember what I said in my Instagram post, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's pretty clever, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Definitely not a writer. But yeah, like he's in this movie and he's only, he's the only kind of like interesting person. I, I don't want to say interesting person. I don't want to say that, you know, just because there's a Native American that appears for a couple of minutes on screen, he's going to make it all of a sudden interesting. But, you know, this is set in 1930s, is it? I think late 90 yeah 1925 this movie is set in 1925 um the setting is great and the production value is perfect and the the camera no, the cinematography is crystal clear and i really enjoyed like how they uh the palette they chose to create the setting of 1925 they did a great job 
Um, but I'm pretty sure that was a period in which a lot of Native Americans were um, involved in a lot of labor work, um, especially on these ranches. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a historian here, but um, I'm pretty sure Native Americans were, were um, participating a lot in labor force in those kinds of areas, like ranches and, and the outback. I don't know, something like that. And I think it just would have been nice to, to show that there is some, like, color... I don't want to sound racist, but <laughs> there, there's, like, some colorful attributes to how this story could unfold. This is, I guess, my attempt of how you can rewrite the story. <laughs> but then I guess rewriting the story would mean that you're rewriting the book. I think I just have to read the book. Not that I want to now because I'm kind of put off by the movie. Um, to really see how I could have possibly re rewritten or redirected this movie. Uh, yeah, so I've only really, out of my first impression, before I get into spoilers, I've only really spoke about what I didn't like about the movie. I'm struggling to figure out what I enjoyed about this movie, TBH. What did I enjoy? Okay, look, I enjoy the fact that the actors are super talented. No one, no one put in poor performances. Everyone brought their 10 to get to the game. Everybody brought their A game to the movie. No one underperformed. Everybody did a great job. The unfortunate thing is that it's just, it, it's quite boring. There's no pace to the story. The story is very cryptic. You're supposed to try and like pull back the layers of sophistication and, and cryptography that exists within this script. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of BS. In my opinion, <laughs> um, the, the, the story is just really about George Burbank trying to create hell for um, Rose, the character that's played by Kirsten Dunst, trying to create hell for her um, out of what? I don't know, jealousy, self-centeredness, that there's the attention has been brought away. The, the, the attention is, is not fully on him anymore which you don't really see that that's a problem because everybody else in the town um everybody else in this like small area this small patch of land where this ranch is um doesn't seem to notice that the focus is not on george anymore so i don't understand how that was an issue for him it's 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 really strange i, I don't know why like I, like I know that he this is his character and this is what he's supposed to do. I get that, but why though? Like, it seems to me that this movie was really just him about uh, this movie was just about him being a bully, but for no real reason. And there's there's nothing that we learn about his background that kind of causes him to do that. We we just have to try and imply it from our own creative imaginations. Bullshit. <laughs> um, surely there's something else I can say that's good about this movie cinematography color grading great all good things but like but like anybody else that loves movies movies have good quality when the story is great the characters are likable and you can connect to them and you're taken on a journey and this unfortunately doesn't do any of those things. I wasn't on a journey. I didn't get to connect with these characters. The story didn't unfold the way it should have 
um, they, they kept it pretty layered and it's not like I'm asking the director and the writer to spoon feed us the story don't give us over exposition or anything like that that's not what I'm asking but if sorry excuse me I just burp Ugh, that was the pizza I had earlier um, but you know don't, don't make it so cryptic that we're we're just left guessing twiddling our, th- our thumbs um, when the message is going completely over your head I don't know like I said I'm probably not as smart as those movie critics but you know what I watch a lot of movies and I, and I know what good movies are after watching millions and millions of movies <laughs> and so and of course this is my opinion whatever and before I get into some spoilers um, let me just quickly read a couple of reviews that they say is positive uh, just to see what these how these why these critics are giving it a 98 percent sorry 92 percent out of 98 reviews Jeez. Uh, top critics 32 fresh 90 and there's eight rotten reviews out of the 98 critics interesting okay so the top one says the film frustrated me a bit funny enough it frustrated me a lot too and this got a fresh tomato crazy the film frustrated me a bit frustrated me a bit because it's as cryptic and um tack turn as a cowboy itself but it does feel heavy and it's a nice and it's nice to sink into see <laughs> that doesn't seem like a wholly positive review well i mean i know that's just the the bite size of the full review but this guy's just oh sorry this lady saying the same thing that i said it's like it's overly cryptic i didn't i didn't use the word tack turn how would you even use that word the film frustrated me because it's because it's as cryptic and tactile as a cowboy. I've never even heard of that word before. Um, next review: No moral to the story. No life lesson. No life lesson. But you will enjoy the view. Uh, how is <laughs> the first impression? <laughs> how do you how do you start off a good review? Wait, hold on. No, this rating is two point five out of four. I don't even know what the hell that means. But it's got a fresh tomato, and and the the bite size that they give you is the first part, I guess, of the review, which says no moral to the story, no life lesson, but you will enjoy the view. <laughs> it should reaffirm why I didn't like this movie. Gosh, um, I'll read a couple more. This is this is kind of entertaining. Uh, gone Oh, sorry, that review, by the way, that I said before is from a guy called Dwight Brown. And the one previous to that, first one was from Amy Nicholson. So these are all top critics. There's another top critic from Charlotte O'Sullivan. That she says, uh, doggone it. Huh? I think she's trying to be cool here. Doggone it. Just give Cumberpatch the best actor, uh, the best actor Oscar now. She okay yeah he does do a good performance is it oscar worthy don't know i'd have to actually see other movies that are that are campaigning campaigning no that are competing against each other as well i haven't seen enough that are going into the oscar season let me read one more um the film coils with repressed rage as it fit as it oh gosh why am i struggling to read this the film coils with repressed rage as it nears the finish line 
culminating in a final scene which puts the preceding two hours in a new light. Bullshit! <laughs> oh man, critics are hilarious actually. Uh, you know, I, I don't really read critic reviews anymore. I used to read a lot of them and the magazine or the publication that I still have mad respect for and I do read some of the reviews every now and then is Empire Magazine. Highly recommend that. If you love to read reviews rather than listening to my voice talking about movies and hear my opinion, <laughs> um, I would highly recommend that you pick up the Empire Magazine. They do awesome, awesome reviews. Uh, there's a guy called Dan Dolan on there. I'm not sure if he's still editing, but he's definitely one of my favorite reviewers on uh, Empire Magazine. So anyway, let me get into some, some spoilers. There's not going to be a lot of spoilers because I want to bring this episode to a end very soon because it's not a movie that I enjoyed that much. Um, but some spoilers. So a couple of things. Spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler Just imagine a big red flashing light. Spoiler warning. Okay. So uh, there's... There's a few things that I want to talk about that I thought was something that we needed to see more of. Peel back the layers, like I've, like what I said before, peeling back the layers on, on the story. But this time, I wanted to peel back the layers of the characters. Now, there's, I want to say like the last 15 minutes of the movie, we start to finally learn more about George Burbank and his character all this kind of cryptic behavior and this th these like read between the lines type thing was happening throughout the movie but i couldn't quite put my finger on it i couldn't quite understand what this all meant like there's, there's a bunch of random incidents that happen maybe not incidents but just like a, a bunch of random behavior reactions and um uh yeah like behaviors and actions that his character goes through um and I'm sort of, I'm sitting there thinking, what is this about? Like, why are you reacting this way? Why are you saying that? I, I'm asking all these questions. And then when we get to the last like 10, 15 minutes, there's a scene that he has with um, uh, that young young kid's name. What's his name? Co Cody Smith McPhee, who plays Peter Gordon. That's the son of Rose Gordon, played by Kirsten Dunst. Um, he has a like quite a, uh, quite a few scenes together, both him and uh, Phil Burbank. And the scenes uh, are very strange. Because on one hand, you're thinking, okay, Phil Burbank wants to create a connection with this kid, Peter Gordon. Um, but he, when, when they interact with each other for the first time, he complete, like Phil Burbank completely hates him. And he, and he kind of wants to be a bully to him, to, to this kid. Um, but then, like, with a flick of a switch, like, that doesn't actually get in the way anymore. And all of a sudden, he wants to mentor him, and he wants to coach him, and he wants to make turn him, in, turn, turn him into a quote-unquote man, to be a more manly guy. Because the character of... Um, character peter gordon is this kid who seems flamboyant um very soft spoken but he's an artist he's a he's an illustrator he has a talent for drawings and stuff and you see this throughout the movie it's kind of cool um 
it seems like we're going to get into some interesting things about this character, but that's kind of all we learn about him. He's 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 a he's a kid. He loves to draw, and he seems pretty intelligent. And that's it. Um, this whole movie is just full of characters that are all like one note characters. <laughs> None of them have. They they all presumably have layers because they are expressed in a way in which they do have layers, but we just don't explore them. Uh, anyway, so so like Phil Burbank becomes this like mentor towards Peter Gordon. And you don't understand why. And then, like, on one hand, I'm thinking, is this going in the direction that I think it's going in? And then that curiosity starts to grow and grow and grow. As I guess is sort of the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. And that curiosity just gets shat on. And then we're not even given an answer to any of that cryptography. It's it's so frustrating because like I'm like, what the hell was that whole thing about? Like, see, you you've seen the movie if you've listened to the podcast so far. You've seen this movie and you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's this weird connection that Phil Burbank and Peter Gordon have all of a sudden, given that he it's coming off of the shoulders of Phil almost hating this kid and wanted to torment him because he's the kid of rose gordon who he is also somewhat jealous about because now she's in a relationship with his brother it's it's just it's it's a weird um not a triangle because there's four of them it's a weird foursome <laughs> that sounds wrong it's a weird foursome right <laughs> the the two brothers the mother and the son it's freaking weird and you know that curiosity I was talking about. I was I was starting to think: Is this going in the way that I think it's going, where Phil is developing a gay relationship with Peter Gordon? Like, it was a piece of curiosity that was all there because I couldn't figure out why he all of a sudden wanted to connect with Peter that he just spent his time hating on. It's freaking. It wasn't explained, and then it gets to the end of the movie, and it's still not explained. You just have to kind of like fit like imply that that was it or maybe it was just too sophisticated and too cryptic to even i don't know i just frustrated the hell out of me and then when it ended i was like thank god i can go back to my life (laughs) oh gosh i'm so harsh on the movie this movie it's the thing is it's got all the bits and pieces to make a really good film or to tell a good story but you know what like um, I could just concede all of this and just say that I'm not smart enough to understand what the hell was going on with the story. If you're a Jane Campion fan, then you know maybe you understand the way she likes to film movies and this kind of really ambiguous, um, overstretched storytelling that has a lot of complex, hidden meanings behind each scene and the characters that she's displaying on screen. I don't know. You know... You might think it's great and good on good on you for thinking this movie is great. But if you do think this movie is really, really good, you know, feel free to comment below on my Instagram page, my Facebook page. Um, yeah, just comment on at the bottom of my post and tell me what you thought about the movie. Um, it's like uh, I was bored and and I was really frustrated. I'm glad that I'm out of that movie theater and i'm not going to see it again (laughs) so 
that's all the spoilers I want to talk about. To conclude this review, I'm going to give it a rating out of 10. All my ratings are out of 10. I don't have any special grading system for this. Um, so I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Uh, part of me wanted to give it a 5, just to be fair. But for what? Like, I lost two hours of my life. So <laughs> I'm not going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Not that there was any. I'm going to get a 4 out of 10. Uh, I recommend it if you are into Jane Campion. If you're into the piano, I've seen the piano and I was kind of bored, but I enjoyed the piano more than I enjoyed this movie. Um, if you're into, you know, that type of story, because the storytelling is, is kind of similar in the piano, but except it's not as cryptic as this bullshit that we just watched, that I just watched. Um, if you're into Jane Campion, then definitely worthwhile seeing it but i'd recommend that you watch it on netflix and not go to the movies and spend your hard-earning dollars to watch this movie um yeah four out of ten that's all i really want to say in this uh episode so that's the power of the dog and that kind of brings me to the end of the episode uh i do want to finish off this episode by saying that um i do have a instagram page it is at legit cool podcast so there's the at sign at legit cool, <laughs> the at sign legit cool podcast. Uh, my Facebook page is legit cool um, movies and sometimes TV series reviews. You're going to have to type that whole thing into the search bar so you can find my Facebook page. That is legit cool with a hyphen movies and sometimes TV series. <laughs> If you can remember that, feel free to just search that on Facebook and find my page and give it a like, um, give it a follow or a like or do both. Both is great. It really helps um, this channel, it helps my podcast, it helps um, uh, the algorithms work their little magic so every, everyone else and all these other randoms that have never heard of me can pick it up too. Um, my next episode is going to be on, I believe, let me see. I did post up recently, um, recently, <laughs> a couple of days ago. Uh, the next movie is going to be reviewing that to finish off the year. So, um, oh yeah, Venom is going to be the next movie that uh, I review. We've got West Side Story later in the year. We've got Matrix. Oh, that's going to be a huge one. I'm definitely going to get another person to review that movie with me it's gonna be fun to talk about um then we've got dune i'm really looking forward to that one we've got spider-man away from home that's gonna be a huge one <laughs> and the harder they fall actually the harder they fall i might review um middle of this week or end of this week maybe just before friday i might review that because that's on netflix and i really want to see that i hear some good things i'm kind of looking forward to that one um and that's that's how I'm going to finish off the year. And that's going to be a good, I don't know, almost 10 episodes for the beginning of an amazing podcast. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming back. And uh, if you are coming back and feel free to just share this with all your other friends and family members that love to hear different perspectives on movie reviews. My name is River and thank you so much. And I will see you again. Yeah.